Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. This morning I'm going to talk to you about faith to be healed. We used to have regular once a month healing Sundays, but of course we pray for the sick all the time. But I was just impressed throughout this week to really bring this to light. In light of what we've experienced with COVID-19 and everything else that's going on, we have to recognize the fact that man can only do so much. Do we recognize that? Do we see that? Do we know that? And to be honest with you, sometimes man's confounded about everything. Think about what they told us about Andrew. We could bring him here, let him die in your arms, and, or he can go and die in surgery. Take your pick. That's all we can do. That's all we can offer. Well, thank God. That didn't happen. He's 20 years old now. Thank God. Why? Because we believe something beyond what man could do. Thanking God for what man can do, but don't limit yourself to that. So we want to talk about faith to be healed. And I want you to notice in the book of Acts chapter 14. Well, a matter of fact, before we read that, let me just set this up. Paul and Barnabas were at Iconium. And they were proclaiming the gospel to the people. Jews and Gentiles alike both got saved as a result of their preaching. But as you know, the enemy is always there to stir up trouble, right? And so the unbelieving Jews and Gentiles stirred up trouble before them. And of course, they were to a place where they were going to be stoned to death. So they left Iconium and went to List, uh, Derby and Lystra, the cities of Iconium. And so while they were there, they began to preach the gospel again. And picking it up at verse 7, here's what it says. There they preached the gospel. Obviously, it didn't hinder them, even though they were about to be killed, but it didn't hinder them or stop them from going and preaching. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb. Who never had walked the same heard Paul speak. Who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. There's the story. In the next verse they wanted to exalt them as gods. For what they did or for what happened there. But before even getting into this. If you study the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi, you'll probably discover approximately 12 specific personal uh, testimonies of healing. You know, you start with um, Abraham in the very beginning, praying for Abimelech and his, his wife, and also the other women that were there, that their wombs were shut up because of, you know the story with, with Sarah, his wife, and so that they... He couldn't take her as his wife. That's what God did. He prayed and that was the first healing recorded in the Bible. From there we go on and we see things like Miriam being healed of leprosy when Moses prayed for her. But we're talking about a 4,000 year span. Hannah was delivered of infertility and able to bear a child. Samuel being the prophet. We can go on the whole list. Elijah raising up the ones from the dead. Elisha 
praying for the woman who was barren, who had a child who then died. And when the child died, he raised him from the dead. A 4,000 year period, we've got about 12 incidents recorded where people were healed and some other situations took place. Hezekiah, remember him with Isaiah. So you take those 4,000 years and what do we see? Not a whole lot as far as manifestations of God's healing power in individual lives. One day in the life of Jesus, one day supersedes all of that. It's no comparison what Jesus did. If what Jesus did was recorded, the universe couldn't contain the books. Wow. And what did he say? I came to do the will of my father. Why was healing such a big thing to him then? Because he created us in his image and likeness. And this body is special to him. He cares about the body that we're living in and made provision for it. On the, even on the other side. You realize that when you get raised up, this body's going to get raised up and glorified. It's going to be the same body that you're living in, so get used to it. Be nice to it. It'll be glorified. It'll be a lot nicer to you when it's glorified, I guarantee it. If you study this section of Scripture out, here's what you discover. You find out Paul did three things, and the man did three things as well. Paul preached the gospel. Paul perceived he had faith to be healed. And Paul gave a command. Why is this important to us? We want to know how he got healed. Because if we know how he got healed, we can know how we can get healed as well. So three things. He preached the gospel. He perceived he had faith to be healed. And he gave a command. Rise up on your feet. But the man also did three things. Number one, he heard Paul speak. Two, he believed because he had faith to be healed. Number three, when given the command, what did he do? He leaped. He leaped and walked. So he did those three things. What was the result of all this? Well, the man experienced healing in his body. And someone who had never, ever walked from his mother's womb is now walking, running, experiencing a fuller life. That's powerful, isn't it? It's amazing. I want to break it down. Let's go to verse 7 once again. Let's talk about some of this. And there they preached the doctrines of men. And there they preached religious traditions. The doctrines of certain churches. What did they preach? The gospel. What does gospel mean? Good news. Well, imagine this. They're preaching the gospel. Who taught Paul the gospel to preach? Jesus did. Now, Paul had a lot of education in religious studies from a Jewish perspective. But he didn't know God until he really met Jesus on the Damascus Road. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But he got his education straight from Jesus himself... So when he preached, he preached the gospel. What does that tell me? That tells me that since he preached the gospel, that Jesus taught him, there must be a connection between the gospel and healing. How can the man have faith to be healed if there's not 
Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You think this man ever heard anything like he just heard from the lips of the apostle Paul and Barnabas? Never before. But he's hearing it now. So what good news is he hearing? There's a connection between Jesus dying for our sins and also for our physical health and well-being. He heard something he had never heard before. Now, since the gospel of message involves what? The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. Then there's something in that message that says that not only did he die for our sins, but he also died for our physical well-being. So by his stripes, we are healed. That's what it's telling us. It has to be. Because you can't have faith for healing if you don't hear that message. If Paul would have said, like many say today, healing is not for today. This is 14 years after the resurrection. You know, healing is not for today. You've got popular preachers today. I hear them all the time. I would love the name of you, but I'm not going to. Healing is not for today. Those charismatics are off the wall. They're crazy. Those charismatics that believe that healing is for today, they don't even know how to read their Bible. Really? I want to say, have you read the Gospels, my friend? Have you read where Jesus said, I've come to do not my will, but the will of my Father? Have you read where it says everyone that came to him, they were all healed? Have you read where it said he was moved with compassion to heal their sick? Have you read where it was said? Every single person that came to Jesus either touched his garment or they were made instantly whole. He or she was made instantly whole. That's the gospel message. Why so much healing by Jesus if it's not something that God emphasized? Why should people be healed if that's a secondary thing or a minor thing? It's not a minor thing at all. Let me tell you why it's not a minor thing. Because the same blood that was shed for our sin is the same blood that was shed for our sickness. And to those people that are out there that say, well, the important thing is your sin. Well, no, no kidding. Absolutely. But guess what? It's a complete package. He shed the same blood and bore the stripes upon his back. So that we could be healed as from sickness and disease as well as delivered from the power of sin. He dealt with the sin problem and the sickness problem at the same time upon Calvary's cross. And that's something that has got to be preached, which is what Paul preached. You look at Matthew chapter 8. If you're in a position like we all are sometimes where we need healing and our bodies, nothing is better than to start right here and read these verses. In Matthew chapter 8, as a matter of fact, let me just summarize. You don't have to pull them up. He just got done preaching the most important message ever heard on planet earth. The Sermon on the Mount. He gave us a revelation of the true heart of the Father God. He gave us principles that we need to understand and rules to live by. That's where we get the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have others to do unto you. He talked about the Beatitudes. He talked about a man, wise man, building his house upon what? God's word. Why? So that when, when the storms of life come, they won't be devastated by the storms, right? So he just got done preaching this magnificent masterpiece, this wonderful sermon. And he's come to the bottom of the mountain. A leper comes to him and says, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus stretched forth his hand and 
And what did he do? Touched a leper. Let that resonate. <laughs> Touched a leper and said, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Why wasn't there some, any hesitation there? Why not? Why such an instant healing? Don't, shouldn't he have just had, well, wait a minute, let me see. What, what have you done wrong? Should he have done things like that? No. Instantly he says, I will. Because you see, the leper knew he could, but he didn't know if he would. Well, then once that happens, he says, go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded. But then a centurion came to him and said to him, I've got a servant lying at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. No hesitation whatsoever. Well, how old? Do they go to church? Do they do these other things? No. I will come and heal him. Oh, no, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come out of my roof. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. I'm a man under authority. I've got soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go. And he goes to this man, come. And he comes to this man, do this. And he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to all those that followed him, I've not found so great faith in all of Israel. But I'm telling you, They'll come from the east and west, sit in the, ch the children of the kingdom. And guess what? They'll be cast in the outer darkness. They'll be weeping and welling and gnashing of teeth. But he said to the centurion, go your way. As you have believed, so be it done unto you. And then, after that, he goes into Peter's house. And in Peter's house, he sees his mother-in-law laid sick of a fever. He takes her by the hand, lifts her up, and she begins to minister to them. Now, if anybody ever doubted the healing power of God and his purpose to use it and his desire to use it, long to use it. Now, I didn't say this. Someone once told me that if he'll heal a mother-in-law, he'll heal anyone. I didn't say it. Mother-in-law. I didn't say it. Someone else said it. I'm just repeating what they said. But then the next two verses, verses 16 and 17. And then when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were sick and demon-possessed. He cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself, took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So here Matthew is quoting Isaiah Revealing to us exactly what Isaiah was saying back many hundreds of years ago, saying that on the cross he would bear our sin and also carry our pains, sickness, and diseases. It's both. Both. Sin and sickness was provided for at Calvary. So you can read those first 16 verses, 17 verses of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8. I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to have faith rise in your heart. Now, why am I saying this? Because they preached the gospel, not a watered down gospel, not another gospel, not a gospel of cessationalism. It's a, it ceased back when the last apostle died. That's when it ended. Now, I can imagine standing in line and the Apostle John, when he's about 90 years old, he's about to die. And you're in his prayer line because, you see, he was an evangelist. And you're, you're number 275. There's 274 in front of you. And all these people are being prayed for. And they're healed 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 and they're healed. And you're 270. What did I say? 276 or 5? I figured you would know, Aaron. 
And so number 274 gets healed and the Apostle John dies. You're 275. Healing ended with the last Apostle. Sorry. No healing for you. Sorry. Really? Is that what it's about? I read somewhere where Jesus is alive. I read where he was dead, but he's alive forevermore. And I heard he's the healer. I heard his name is his ointment poured forth. I heard he's the bomb in Gilead. I heard he bore our sickness. He carried our pains. With his stripes we are healed. Guess what? 275 is whole. Can you say amen? amen? It's not dependent on an apostle. It's the apostle Jesus. The high priest Jesus. Of our declaration of faith. Go to verse 8. Look at verse 8 in that same book of Acts chapter 14. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never, never had walked. You talk about a case, you talk about a situation. Here's this guy listening to Paul and Barnabas as they are preaching the gospel that Jesus is the Savior, Jesus is the healer, he's the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire, he's everything, and so on and so forth. He's preaching that, he's listening to that, and there he is. A condition in his body caused by what? Well, one can only possibly think that it was because of the fall of man. Because of the fall of man, we know that there's all kinds of, uh, let's say, disabilities. God did not make us sick, sickly, diseased and so on that doesn't come from God and so here's this man bound by this all his life from his mother womb he had never ever ever walked this is the seriousness of the condition that he had so now we see the fall of man has created and caused all kinds of things that we experience in this life it's not the will of God in motion Jesus, God the Father said to go back to Adam in the beginning said because of you the curse has come upon this land not me because of you You've opened up the door to darkness and the enemy. And as a result, this man had that condition. Go to the next verse, verse 9. This man heard Paul speak. Who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. So here we see this man heard Paul speak. Why am I saying that? Because he actually heard it. It wasn't like some of us when we leave our house and she said, our wife says it gets this, 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 and this, and we half heard it. And we come back with half of it. It was, he heard. Oh, he was intent. He was listening with a listening ear. You see, he was grasping it. He was absorbing it. He was taking it all in. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And he's listening. Wait a minute. Wow. And Paul perceiving he has faith to be healed. So he had to be believing something that he was hearing. Well, what was he hearing? What could Paul have said? I believe that what he said penetrated his very heart and produced faith in his heart. So let's, revert, let's just, just go back and refer to what Paul may have said. Being... The position that he was in, he probably said something like this. Because if, th if you think about it, who wouldn't want to preach the same kind of message that he did? Well, some things you couldn't, but this is what you could. 
said, look, I was like my brethren, the Jews. I had papers in my hand. And I was bent on destroying Christianity, uprooting it, that it would never flourish. It was a threat to Judaism. And I made it my aim. I was a zealot, a religious zealot for what I believed in. And I wanted to see to it that Christ and every mention of his name was eradicated from society. And I saw to it that many died. Many were in prison. Men, women, children. See, we don't understand that era. If you got baptized in the name of Christ, your own family members would turn you in so you could be killed. But listen. As I was on my road to Damascus and on my way, I was there ready to get it. I mean, I was just fired up. If I saw someone named the name of Christ, if I found one person there trying to commit to Christ and surrender their life to Christ, I was ready to have him in prison and beheaded for that. When all of a sudden, I was blinded by this light. I fell to the ground. I didn't know what was going on. I heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who art thou, Lord? I said, I'm Jesus. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Lord, what would you have me to do? I'll tell you what to do. But you go sit somewhere, calm down. I'll send somebody to you. Men and brethren of Derby and Lystra, let me tell you something. If anybody was against Christianity, it was me. I was. If anybody wanted to destroy it, I did. But when I saw Jesus and I was healed, my eyes were open. I knew what happened. And he said to me, you go and represent me. You preach the gospel I put in your mouth and your heart. Do you realize Jesus must have told him, with my stripes, you are healed? You realize Jesus must have told him, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelled in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. He must have said, it's God who's at work within you, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. Can you imagine all that Jesus fed Paul to preach the gospel? And so here's this guy who has never, ever walked ever in his life from his mother's womb. And he says, I heard what you said. Have you given me hope? Are you telling me that Jesus can deal with my situation, with my condition? Do you really mean that? And Paul perceiving, perceiving this perception that this guy's got faith to be healed. Says to him, rise up, stand up upright on your feet. And the man leaps and walks. Oh, can we even begin to imagine the joy, the celebration, if his family was still alive, if his mother was still alive. Can you imagine what took place at that moment? And notice this. It came from preaching the gospel. He heard him preach the gospel. Look at the next verse. Verse 10. He says, stand upright, except with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. Now, why is this important to bring out? Because you see, even though one has faith, 
He did three things, remember. He heard. He had faith, which means he believed. But then he acted. Oh, how important is this? He acted on the command of Paul. And when he acted on it, the healing was consummated. This man who had never, ever walked in his life is now walking and leaping and celebrating because he's healed. Now, this reveals to us the fact that actions are necessary to complete, let's say, the faith project. If you recall, many times people were told to do certain things. For example, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And the man went and washed and he came back seeing. Naaman was told, go dip in the river seven times. And even though at first he didn't want to, but then he did. And when he came out the seventh time, he came back, what? Seeing. Actions. Take up thy bed and walk. The man who had never walked also at the pool of Bethesda was told to do. And when he did, he was healed. Actions are required to consummate the miracle. And the list goes on. The man with the withered hand was told to do what? Stretch forth your hand. And when we cooperate with him by acting on what he tells us to do as we hear the gospel, it consummates the whole process. Oftentimes, especially when we have our altar calls, and I want to reiterate this over and over again, because you know what? If healing is that important to Jesus, it should be that important to us. Should it not? Unless you like being sick. Do you like being sick? The rest of you do? Anybody like arthritis? No. Do you like having a cold with a runny nose and a high fever? Anybody like having COVID-19? No. We don't like it at all, do we? We hate it. We detest it. We don't want it to be a part of our lives. Right? Well, it's important to him that we be healthy and be whole. But you know what? It's sad to say that many churches are backing off from this revelation. And many prominent ministers are teaching that it's been done away with. It's not for us today. And it, what does it do? It destroys the faith of people that need to hear the constant message that by his stripes we were healed Take hold of what belongs to you and don't let the enemy rob you of it. Don't let him steal it from you. Act in harmony with the word and the will of God and rise up and take it by force. Because the righteous, they take it by force. Don't let the enemy steal what Jesus has bought and paid for in all of our lives. We need to speak to our bodies and proclaim the gospel message, praise God, and believe it from the heart and say it with the mouth. This is what God wants for all of us. And so once again, this is the simplicity of the gospel. He didn't have some great crusade or anything like that. He didn't have a bunch of pomp and circumstance taking place. He just went there and said, let me tell you something. I was against it all, but I saw Jesus. And Jesus told me to tell you, he died for your sin and your sickness and your disease. And yes, buddy, that means you too. I know you were born that way. I know what happened with you. But I want you to know that by his stripes, you were healed. Now rise up and walk. Boom. Wow. Pretty powerful, wouldn't you say? That's exactly how it happened. And so now the man is whole. When I first got saved, and I'll quickly get through some of these I'm telling you what, I was just head over heels for all of this because I just enjoyed being healthy. But there was a, a woman that had 
torn ligaments in her knee, or I'm sorry, her ankle. And it was so bad that she couldn't even tap her foot on the ground without excruciating pain. I'm just new in the Lord. Just recently saved. And my dad and I bless my father's heart. I'm more reserved. He's like as, just as bold as a lion. He's just going to burst right on in a situation. Doesn't matter to him what anybody thinks or says. Let's go pray for so-and-so. I'm kind of timid. All right, I'll go with you. All right. So we go over to the house, knock on the door. Nobody comes for almost five minutes, ten minutes, something like that. I know she's home because her husband's working. And I know she's here and he told me, pray for her, that, that we were to pray for her. Well, finally, after all this time, the door creaks open. And she's just got tears streaming down her face. She can't walk on it, so she hobbled. I don't even know how she got to the door. And she was only on the couch right inside there. And when she pushed on the door, we saw that. We opened up. We helped her back to the couch. But she said, my husband had to carry me from the bedroom to put me on this couch. I'm in such excruciating pain. She had an x-ray, so so on and so forth, and she just could not put any pressure on it whatsoever. I said, okay. So what did they preach? What did Paul preach? The gospel. So I said to her, I said, I just want to to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Do you know what it means to be born again? Mm -mm, Never heard of that. I said, neither did I at one time. But I want to tell you something, that Jesus died for your sins. And he was raised from the dead for your justification. And if you want to go to heaven, you want to make heaven, you got to believe on him as your Savior and Lord. Oh, I didn't know that. Never taught that. I said, I know. I wasn't either. When I was in church, I was never taught that either. But led her to the Lord. And she accepted Christ as her Savior. And she was just ecstatic. And then I said, well, you know what? Also... The Bible says that he bore your sickness as well as your disease and sin. She said, oh. I said, well, just as you made him your savior, you want to make him your healer too? And she said, yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm in awful pain. I said, okay. Just say, Jesus, repeat after me. This is how I did it. I didn't know any better. I was just young. And I said, just repeat after me. Jesus, I accept you right now as my healer as well as my savior and with your stripes I'm healed. And I said, see, now you're healed because now you're saved and now you're healed. Thank God. And I'm just looking like that at my father. The woman jumps off the couch, slams her foot on the ground. I didn't tell her to do it. I was more shocked than she was. Slammed it on the ground. She goes, no more pain. I'm healed. Her husband came home from work. The one that carried her. She greets him at the door. What are you doing standing up? They came and prayed for me. Jesus healed me. He said, that's hogwash. He didn't believe in it. Look at me. You saw me. I'm healed. You're going back to the doctor. Goes back to the doctor for x-rays. And he says to her, to her husband, look, torn ligaments, terribly bad. I don't know what happened to her, but I'm telling you right now, she was bad. Something happened. You know, that man died cursing God. But that woman was saved and healed only because I preached the gospel. Guess who I made it about? Jesus. There is 
a bomb in Gilead. There's a name whose name is as ointment poured forth. And what is that name? Jesus. Oh, Jesus. 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 That simple. Do you see how the simplicity of the gospel is? The thing is, how can we get all of us just to simply say, oh, okay, and then act on it? Wow. Then, in the book of Psalms, Psalms 128, we're going to pull these up. Look at, look at these verses. Because I was one who said there's no possible way that we can have any children to my friend. It's impossible because, you know, a horrible case of endometriosis, surgical procedure took place, blah, 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 blah. All this stuff took place on the inside and doctors say can't happen. He just looked at me. I was young. Didn't, I didn't even know Psalm 28 existed. Just saved. I'm showing you the simplicity of the gospel. Simplicity. We make it so hard, so difficult. This is the simplicity of the gospel. I told him we can't have any more children. He said, he was running a crane too, and he went, he got a call, so he had to leave. I had my Bible in my crane cab. Open it to there. So let's read it. How joyful are those who fear the Lord. And boy, I'm smiling from ear to ear. That's me, Lord. All who follow his ways, you will enjoy the fruit of your labor. I was so excited. I just got saved, and I'm just enjoying my life. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Well, prosperous just means my needs are met. And yeah, I thank God I got a good job and all that. Your wife shall be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. And your children, plural, will be like vigorous young olive trees. And they shall sit around your table. That is the blessings of the Lord. And my head dropped, my mouth fell open and said, I said, that's not me. You want to know what I did? Simplicity of the gospel. Dropped to my knees. First thing I said out of my mouth was, I'm sorry for misrepresenting you. I've told countless people that it's not your will that I have more children. I am so sorry, Lord. You see, he sends his word to heal us and deliver us from our destructions. And so when I said, I'm so sorry, I misrepresented you. I was wrong. I believe I exalt your word above the word of a doctor. If you're a doctor, don't take that personally. I'm just exalting his word above a preacher, a priest, whoever, a lawyer, a doctor, whoever. And I said, that's what they said, but this is what you said. And so forgive me. Went home, prayed and said, now you're healed. You can have children. In two weeks, she's pregnant. How did that happen? The gospel. Simple message of the gospel. When you come to the altar, come to the altar with a promise from God. You see, God said that. I didn't know God said that. Once I heard God said that, it sunk in my ears, into my heart like his that's the truth right there. So I exalted the truth of God's word above it all. Above anybody else's word. And healing took place. This is what is necessary. A woman in the hospital. This woman 
had a tumor that needed to be operated on. She was scheduled. Remember the days when you would go the day before to the hospital and they prepare you? Now they just bust you in and just, you know, drive through, get in and get out and you know, all that. Well, she was there the day before and getting prepared for the operation the next day. And she called because she knew some friends knew us and asked if we would go and pray for her. Said, yeah, we'll do that. James 5, 14 and 15. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, knowing with all the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith. So save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. And if they commit any sins, if we forget him, so on and so forth. The effectual fervor prayer of a heart man makes tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working. I better slow down because I'm being interpreted. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. So we walk into her room. My brother and I, we walk into the room. We're not ministers. I found out later that we are, but we're not in the ministry. And so she, we said, what, what do you want us to do? She says, I, my heart's desire was that everybody would be this way in a hospital. What would you like? Anoint me with oil in the name of the Lord. Oh, okay. So we had our oil. Anointed her with oil in the name of the Lord and pray the prayer of faith. For the prayer of faith shall raise him up, right? The Lord shall raise him up. Prayer of faith shall heal the sick, save the sick. So I anoint you in the name of Jesus. Tumor, I curse you by the root and command that you leave this body. Thank you, Father, for healing so-and-so. Great. Simple. We did it. Wasn't too hard, was it? Left. Walked out. Next thing I know, we get a phone call the next day. Here's what happened. The nurse came in and she said, the lady, the patient says, tell the doctors I'm going home. I've been prayed for, but knowing with all the name of the Lord, I'm leaving. I don't need surgery now. Now the lady who's the nurse says, calm down. We know that you're scared. Calm down. It'll be okay. She insisted, no, tell him I was prayed for. I was anointed with oil. I'm leaving. I'm going home. I want to be discharged. And she, the nurse says, calm down. She says, I better go get the doctor. So she, this is when doctors were allowed to be in the hospital with their patients. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> right? So the, finally, the doctor that's going to do the surgical procedure comes in and says, what is the matter? What's going on here? Doctor, let her tell, I'll let her tell you. I was anointed with oil in the name of the Lord. And I know that when I was, I was healed. So I don't need surgery. I want to go home. And the nurse is like. And the doctor checks her. Checks her. He said, nurse, she's right. There's no tumor there. It was there, but it's not there now. It's gone. Let her go home. What was that about? Her faith. See, before we ever got there, she had a word from God. It was found in the Bible, but she embraced it. She took a hold of it and she said, un almost with enthusiasm, come on, would you get this thing done? Just anoint me with oil and I will be healed and I'm going home. That's called faith in the word of God. And she was healed and able to have children as a result. 
I can list you on, go on and on how many people that were infertile came into our... I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to say it this way because it sounds offensive. I don't mean it to be offensive. But at one point, we had so many people, ladies that were infertile. They said, if you can't have a baby, go see Pastor Bill. <laughs> that has to be qualified. No, 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 no. He'll pray, pray for you. We've had a lot of people that were infertile. A lot of women that were infertile. And as a result, God healed. Just from that testimony I just gave you. Why? Because no one ever told it like that before. It's the simplicity of the gospel. Can we stand together before the Lord?